Welcome to Gateway Church Wirral Online. We're so delighted that you're with us this morning. So great that you can be a part of our live streamed gathering. Just to welcome you to this space and what we're all about. Um, to say that we as a church, we're all about seeing people meet with God, encounter him for all his goodness and his grace and for lives to be changed by him. As a church, we want to see a world transformed, made better and better through every life transformed by the grace of God. So our hope and our prayer for you today, meet with Jesus in the things that we're saying, in the things that we're singing, in the way that we're opening up the word of God, which is alive for us today. We want you to know Jesus, know that he loves you, know that he has a plan for your life. And as we're going through our gathering this morning, do please connect with us here in this live stream space. You can fill in our connection card. The tab, I think, is at the top of your screen. Request prayer if you'd like to. There are great, friendly people who would love to pray with you. And do just connect with us in any and every way that you'd love to. As a church, we gather. That's what we're about today. When we come to the close of our gathering, I'll tell you how you can connect with us going forward into the week. So have a really great time. Be blessed. Enjoy yourself and enjoy Jesus, we pray. It's a glorious day, isn't it? Fantastic to be able to celebrate. Now, children, how many of you have had Easter eggs this morning? How many have eaten them yet? Oh, look at that. Judah and Nora have eaten their Easter eggs. Fantastic. It's good to be able to celebrate, isn't it, that Jesus is alive, that he has risen. Well, this morning... We're going to tell the Easter resurrection story using nine letters, one word. So I'm going to grab Molly and Grace, and they're going to come and hold this up for me. You're going to have to stretch across. Keep going. And I'm going to go behind. Hold on. A bit higher. So using the word startling... We are going to tell the resurrection story. And we're going to get all the way down to one letter. So here we go. This is the story from Mary. You see, Mary makes a startling discovery. The grave is empty. She starts... I'm going to take that one off. Okay. She's, she's starting to wonder what has happened here. And now Mary is, can we go that way, staring at the stone. Really, you should probably bring these across, shouldn't we? If we can. Oh, we'll leave it. We'll leave it there. Okay. It's staring at the stone because it has been rolled away. All the clothes are neatly folded up, not a loose string in sight. Mary is really feeling, here we go, the sting because he's not there. Has someone stolen the body? But then she meets the risen Lord and she wants to sing and to celebrate. Now she knows what has happened on the cross. Jesus has broken the power of death and sin. He has set us free. Amen. Hallelujah. He has set us free. And through his resurrection, everyone 
who believes in. Go on, we're going to come this way. We can see the in. No going that way. Everybody who believes in him can be part of God's family. So the question is, what can I do to share the story and the love of God today? Are you going to be I? Are you going to be the person that we can share the love? From startling start to I. We've been all called to celebrate and to share the love of Jesus. Amen. It's good to sing God's praises, isn't it? Amen. You're feeling conflicted when I say that, aren't you? Because you're like, we've not done it. And we really want to. Uh, good news. Good news. When we finish up um, in the building this morning, um, not only do we have a walkthrough barbecue on the side, well, yes, on the side of the building, and we'll tell you how to do that. I'm not going to tell you how to eat, but um, tell you how to get the food. Um, and then after that, um, we're going to just keep going just a, a little way next door um, onto our new church grounds. Um, you didn't know we had church grounds, did you? But um, just next door, recently vacated entirely for our benefit. Um, we have church grounds now. And, um, and what we're going to invite you to do is just to, to linger. We won't stay for very long. Um, it's beautiful outside, but it is a bit chilly, isn't it? Um, so we're not going to stay for, for all that long. But, but, but Moxie's going to put on some, some banging resurrection tunes. Um, can, I, can, I, can I get away with saying that as a... 41-year-old, very uncool man. Um, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, we're going to have some absolutely cracking resurrection tunes playing while we have our food. And then we, we can sing outdoors as a congregation, as part of our act of worship. And so please don't rush off at the close. We're, we're going to stay just for that little while, 20, 30 minutes, something like that. Have a bit of food. Um, we're going to stay within our own kind of households or bubbles. I'm afraid you can't just mingle freely. Um, I know what you're like. Um, you'll want to. I know you will. Uh, we're not going to mingle freely, but we're going to just be in that same space. And then we're going to have a couple of the songs, and we're going to join in singing that Jesus is alive. Amen. Amen. Uh, anybody up for that? Um, it's going to be good to sing that Jesus is alive. This morning, um, I, we're going to just dive into, for the next little while, um, again with some resurrection songs interspersed as we go through, we're going to dive into the beginning of what is a new sermon series here in the church, and it goes under the, the title of Invited. Invited. Is anybody glad that they were invited to come and celebrate Easter? Um, is anybody glad that Jesus Christ invited them? from his cross of suffering, and he invited them from an open tomb, and he invites you today from his throne of glory to come into his family. Is that good news? You're welcome to be part of the family of God. There is no better news than this. This is the best news there ever was or ever will be. And the wonder of it all is that because someone else really grabbed a hold of what it is for Jesus to invite us, for the Father to invite us to be part of his family, that person at some point, think about who it was, they came and they told you about him, didn't they? 
They came and told you that there was new life in Christ Jesus. And look, it might have been a parent or a family member or a friend or a colleague. It might have been some very odd Christian person on the street. Um, and now you're one of those very odd Christian people. And it is somebody came and they told you, hey, there's more. There's more. There's more to life, and it's found in Jesus. This is the good news that we carry, people of God. This is the good news that we take everywhere that we go. Look, here we are in this Easter. It's the second Easter in this pandemic season, and we're kind of gently kind of coming out of lockdown. And isn't it just so encouraging to know that somebody came out of lockdown rather dramatically before us? Do you know who I'm talking about? The stone rolled away, and death couldn't hold him. And he came out into the glorious new day of his resurrection life. And look, you know, I know that for each and every one of us, and maybe some folks even more painfully or, or difficultly, it's going to take a little while for people to, to, as it were, come again into the fullness of resurrection life. And that's okay. That's okay. But it doesn't change this ultimate fundamental reality. Jesus is alive. And so we want to remind ourselves what that means. I don't know about you, but I've read about nothing other than the cross and the resurrection in recent days. I'm just delighted to reflect upon these things. And I was reading Rick Warren, who puts things so brilliantly. He put it like this. Jesus did not die on the cross just so we could live comfortable, well-adjusted lives. His purpose is far deeper. He wants to make us, he wants to make you like himself. That's incredible. You get to be like Jesus. And he wants to do all of that in the here and now before, good news, he takes us to heaven. Isn't this gloriously good? And Pastor Rick continues, he says, this is our greatest privilege, our immediate responsibility, and our ultimate destiny. God is doing a good work in us. This is what the cross and the resurrection is about. It's not about comfort and uh, being well-adjusted. It is about destiny and responsibility and about the privilege of being formed into the likeness of Christ. And one day, you're going to see him. You're going to see him. You're going to see him. And it's going to be utterly and unbelievably and eternally glorious. You know, in Jesus making us like himself, over these past few weeks, we've been reflecting upon prayer and our mission and how the things are interwoven, and we reflected upon the prayer of Jesus. John 17, there Jesus, he essentially says this, look, as, as you, Father, have sent me, so I am sending them. So I am sending the people that you've given to me, my disciples. And, you know, he extends that prayer all the way to you and me here, far, far away from where he was praying that prayer. Jesus prays that we would know what it is to be like him in mission, in, in our sentness, in our going into all the world. Look, here's what it looks like for the Christian. We are to be made more like Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
We are to be sent like Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we're to help others come to know Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and then freshly in their lives. Look, again, Jesus speaks, and you know, we find this commissioning sense in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Christians, do you understand and appreciate? Do you delight and rejoice in this truth that the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the grave lives in you? Do you understand that? I don't think you do because that was a very weak and, uh, you know, half-hearted amen. Uh, do you understand that the very same power that raised Christ Jesus from the grave lives in you? I think we may be just starting to get the reality of this, but this is what Easter is all about. It's not just about a once upon a time way back then. You see, the work of the cross and of the resurrection of Christ was a unique work to God. The Bible teaches us that only He could be the firstborn from the grave. There's not a one of us that could resurrect ourselves from death and sin and the grave, except that Jesus goes before us. But because he did that then, because he is the firstborn, the Bible teaches he's the firstborn amongst many brothers and sisters. See, you and I are called, empowered, enabled by God to rise again from the death of sin, the decay and the ultimate death for which we were destined. We, through Christ, come alive. Some of you come alive. <laughs> Jesus is in us. And this power, the Holy Spirit coming upon us, enables us to go as Christ came. You see, God's intention for His church has been from the very beginning is that we should go. You know, I'm so glad that so many of you this morning have come. You all book in at midnight on Saturday evening, don't you? And you do this just to mess with your pastor. I tell you, I had an Easter Saturday yesterday. I felt I was in the grave. Good grief. Just, just plan ahead, you blessed, lovely people whom I love some of the time. At no, I love you. I'm so glad that you've come. But look, this is my heart's desire for you, after you've had a burger and a sing-along, that you go. Because <laughs> this is what the message of Easter is. We celebrate what God has done. But look, you're celebrating the half of it if you're not seeing Jesus be born again in someone else. That is just the half of it. And maybe just a fraction less than that. Because, you know, if you're just celebrating what Jesus has done in you, although it be glorious, we're not really grabbing a hold of what Easter's really about. You know, let Christ be born in you again today. I don't know about the theology of that, but come alive today. But here's the wonder of it. There's someone you know. There's someone you'll probably even meet today. And they need to be born again. Today. Today is the day of salvation. It's now. It's now. And so he sends us. 
And we're to witness to what Jesus has done. You know, Acts 1 there, we're to go, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. You know, it's for everybody, no matter their background, nationality, their education, no matter their sex, no matter their skin color, their language, no matter their wealth, no matter their lack of it. Everybody gets an invitation into the church that Jesus wants. The church God died for. The church he rose again to establish. Maybe if you've got the, the Bible there on your phone, or it's going to come up on the screen as well if you don't. Um, I'm going to invite you to Acts chapter 8. And we're going to read a passage from the scriptures here that we're going to reflect on a little bit this morning. Part now and then again after we sing in a moment. And, and in Acts chapter 8, we're seeing these incredible, powerful works of God being done by people who got that the resurrection meant that everybody should know new life in Jesus. And if you're to read from verse 26 in Acts chapter 8, you'll read a powerful passage of invitation that crosses boundaries and really cuts through um, so much of the nonsense that this world gets captivated by. Now, in verse 26, we're told that an angel of the Lord said to Philip, does anybody know that good things get said by angels? Yeah? And you can imagine in your mind's eye and in your delighted heart those women coming to the tomb and they expected to find Jesus wrapped in his grave clothes as dead as the last moment they saw him. But then there are two men um, shining brilliantly and they're astonished by them. But the, the message comes, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. And you know, it's so incredible the way that God punctuates our ordinary with his extraordinary, doesn't he? And, and actually here, within this story that we're reading, Philip, who the angel is speaking to, his life wasn't ordinary. You know, he was seeing crowds gather to hear the Gospels. He was baptizing hordes of people. People were being healed. They were being set free from the power of evil spirits. His life was already extraordinary, but God had another level of extraordinary for him. And so an angel comes to him and says, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. Doesn't sound like the right kind of place for the extraordinary, does it? Hey, come on, has anybody here been dry and weary over this past year? Anybody? Anybody feeling dry and weary right now? Maybe you are. And look, God says, look, the desert place can be the place of my extraordinary. Who wants to hear the word of the Lord? Who wants to rise and get off your bottom? And who wants to go? Because in the dry and the weary places, God does new things, doesn't he? See, come on, don't you perceive them? Isn't this what the scripture invites us into? And so he gets up from his extraordinary and he goes to the desert place because God said, I've got some more. And he rose and he went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, and this unit, we're told, was in charge of all of her treasure. Look, this guy is different. <laughs> I don't want to labor the points, but he looked different. He was an Ethiopian. Uh, and Philip, you know, there he was in, in Judea and in Samaria. They looked different, but his whole cultural environment and everything about him was different. You know, his environment within the, the court of the queen of the Ethiopians looked somewhat different, I imagine, to what a, a good Jewish believer would be doing with their life. And the guy was a eunuch. And the Bible says some pretty 
strong things about that being a big no-no. I'm not going to labor the point, children present. But you get the fact that they're very, 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 very different people. We don't know that much about Philip except that you know, his character and his openness to God meant that he had a call from God and that was anointed and equipped by God for him to do the work. But actually what we can tell is that Philip would have been lower status than this Ethiopian. I don't know, sometimes we read the Bible and, and, and dare I say it, if I were to speak to the white people present, if we're not careful, we imagine that Philip was a white guy like us. Anybody ever done this? You can be honest in church. And we imagine he was the white guy. And because he's the white guy and he knows the, the words about Jesus, we imagine that he's the superior in this conversation. He's not. He's not. He's lower status than this Ethiopian man. And yet, God sends him to cross 101 cultural divides to bring the good news of Jesus Christ. Look, you can't possibly hope that God will only send you to people just like you. And if you do, let me tell you, you are in a, in a very devastating and terrible way restricting the work of God through you and through this church and through his church in this place. God is going to send you across cultural divides, socioeconomic divides. He's going to send you across ethnic divides. He's going to send you to people who don't look or sound or, or do anything like you. But you're the right person for the job because God's called you and equipped you. And there's a work then for us to do in the way that we submit ourselves to the calling of God and that we honor the people God has called us to by going, by going, by going. And so he, he goes to this person and we're told that, 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 that this Ethiopian had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning. So he's, he's, he, he actually really is desirous of the one true God. And he's already started worshiping him through his connection with the Jewish people. And he's returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him. He ran to him. Come on, when you go from this place, are you going to um and ah about taking the good news of Jesus to somebody? Or are you going to fire yourself up with a burger and some singing? Are you going to run? Are you going to run? Are you going to run? Come on. If, if you're not going to do it today, uh, what's the better day? Is that me? Am I doing things? I'm doing things. I'm very sorry about that. Um, okay. And um, are you going to run? Are you going to run to the chariot? And he runs over to him and he hears him reading Isaiah the prophet. Come on, don't speak before you listen. Don't speak before you listen. Whose life are you listening to? Whose life are you listening to? You're so captivated by your own life in this season. Come on, have you spent the past year telling you that your life is the worst life? That your troubles are the biggest troubles? That your sorrows are the greatest sorrows? Have you, uh, do we fall into these traps? Do we say, actually, I've got so much on at the moment. You know, I've got these exams, or I've got this work situation, or somebody in my home is not feeling very well, or... And do we tell ourselves that our story is the only story we've got space for? That's not to say that your story is not significant. But do you know that somebody is already listening to your story? Do you, do you know that somebody is listening to your story intimately? And they actually know your story better than you could tell it. God sees you. 
And he knows you. He is for you. He is present with you all the days of your life. Look, when God commissioned you, when Jesus commissioned you, he said, I'm going to be with you even to the end of the age. This is the God who says over you, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Come on, you don't need to rehearse your story for someone to care. You don't need to focus on your story to know that somebody's got it in their hands. God is in control of your life. Christians, when are we going to hand over our troubles to God? When are we going to take him seriously? When are we going to cast our burdens onto him because he cares for us? Look, there are people in our world, and they don't know that anybody cares about their story. They're going from a place of seeking. I don't know, maybe people are seeking on this live stream today. I don't know. But they're going, and they're longing, and they're yearning to know that somebody is listening. And it's you who's going to tell them. And it's me who's going to tell them. And so Philip goes, and he listens. He listens. And then he asks a question, because you don't know everything. I don't know everything. I know very little. Do you understand what you are reading? And the Ethiopian says to him, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Spend time. Sit down. Now, the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. You remind yourself, this is Isaiah, Isaiah 53 as we know it. His words are about Christ, but this Ethiopian, he doesn't know that. So he says to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opens his mouth. Then he opens his mouth. And beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more, but went on his way rejoicing. Yesterday, I was in the building here, and we'd given our baptismal tank to another local church, and and they were baptizing people. Oh, and it's good. If you've not yet been baptized, let me know. I've had a few people inquire. We're going to be baptizing people soon. I've bought one of those little chlorine things that float in pools. And so we can keep the, <laughs> you're not sure whether I'm serious. I actually have. I thought, how do we keep the water clean? We don't make sure we're all okay. Uh, we'll do it fine. We will. Baptism into the grave. My old man, my old nature was crucified with Christ. Dead and buried. Come up again new life. He is alive. I am alive. No wonder this Ethiopian guy goes on rejoicing. There is treasure immeasurably so. Look, in a minute, we're going to unpack a little bit more of what Philip shared with uh, this Ethiopian eunuch. But right now, come on, stand to your feet. Would you do that at home here in the building? Let's stand to our feet. And come on, we're going to be led in song right now. But I want you to be thinking, come on, come on, who are you running to? running to. 
and pray for these people. And then pray if you find that you're not running to them. Say, God, would you get my legs going today? Would you get my legs going today, please, God? Because there's an invitation that needs to be extended. Somebody needs to know that their story is heard. And they need to know the story of resurrection life in Jesus. So as we're led in song now, come on, let's lift up our hearts. Let's lift up our hands. And you can lift up your voice. You're not going to be singing, but you can be praying. And you can be saying, I love so-and-so, but I know that you love them more, God. So would you get my legs running? Because they need you, Jesus. They need you, Jesus. And we're going to be just thinking for a few short moments more as we draw towards the close of our time together in the building. Going outside in a minute. Um, We're going to be thinking about what it looks like to, to take this message to others. And how it is that we're joyfully invited to bring people to be part of our family in Christ. And week by week, as we go through this series called Invited, I've asked different people um, from our church to talk about how they were welcomed and invited to be a part of our church. And and so we're going to see some different videos um, that that talk to us about what it is to be invited. And and today, um, get your eyes on the screen, and Corrie is going to be sharing um, about her journey of invitation here. Thank you. I am invited. The first time I came to Gateway Church, it was Rural Christian Center then. It was within a couple of days upon my arrival in the UK from the Philippines. I was welcomed at the door by a lovely couple, Dave and Thelma, and by the other friendly people in church. So I was felt welcome, and people have always been friendly. Then one day as I was shopping in Sainsbury's, I saw Pastor Paul and Mrs. Afton. I tried hiding from them, actually. But somehow they found me and they called my name out. We talked about a lot of things at that time, which I couldn't remember to this day. But what I remember, what they said to me that really encouraged me. What they said was, we are praying for you. And these words meant a lot at that time. Uh, as that was the time I was struggling with you know, homesickness and difficulty adjusting to a new life in a new place. But at that time, I felt that I belonged, that I have a family in our church. Through the years, I encountered some difficulties adjusting in a new way of life, in the culture, or even some language barrier. But thankfully, I was able to overcome and continually overcoming by the help and support and prayers of our, of our brothers and sisters in, in Christ, in the church. And there's one thing I would like our church to know about people who can be different from us is that in as much as we have differences, we also have a lot in common. And these differences we can actually use to our advantage and our unique ideas, skills, or experiences we can we can use and we can contribute to better serve one another and to better serve God. So value each other, generally care for one another, 
encourage one another with those words. I, like what I have experienced, the words of encouragement meant a lot at that time. And for sure, it will be useful and will be helping a lot of people. So I was invited. I would like you to know that you are invited too. It's a really great story of invitation, isn't it? And being made to feel like you belong, to feel at home. And did you hear what she said? Um, though there are many things that might look like differences, actually there's much more that unites us in the family of God. And those things of difference are part of our strength. It's the strength of this particular church. You know that I joke with you very often, but I'm not really joking. You know, when I read my Bible, I read through to Revelation 21, I see, a, I see the kingdom of God, his whole church gathered together, and, and it's people from everywhere that all look different to one another and have sounded different to one another, but they're united in the praise of the risen king, amen? And I believe that our church, well, you know, we're, we're a little bit ahead of the game on that, yeah? Do you know what I mean? We've got people from multiple, multiple nationalities in different parts of the world already. We're a bit ahead of the game on this. I did a bit of work in preparation for, for talking with you. And um, I looked through our databases, and as best as I could, I tried to kind of determine. You know, if you did your census recently, and you have to fill in all these different boxes, don't you? And, and kind of what your uh, ethnicity or nationality is. I kind of tried to do that. Um, for our church, and here's what I came up with, what I think among our adults and over 14s, I did this, and um, we're 48% white British, so that's, that's far less than you might perhaps think, 5% white other, can I get a shout out from the Canadians, and, yeah, okay, yeah, um, and we're, uh, we're 4% South Asian, and then we are 16% Filipino, and hey, I don't get a need to ask for a shout out. Um, not just Filipino, but Filipino, Malay, Chinese, folks from um, east parts of Asia. Um, we are 7% black British, and we are 20% black African. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. And, and if I've done my maths right, I think we are 0.5% other. Um, and 0.5% other. Scousers, yeah, that's what it was, yeah, yeah. Um, if you were to compare that to the Wirral as a whole, we are way more diverse. And I know you probably don't need me to tell you that, but on the Wirral, 92.9% of people living on the Wirral were born in England. 1.5% born in Wales. Just what, can we get a, have we got any Welsh people in this morning? We've got Welsh, yeah, we do, thank you, hallelujah. 1.1% um, Scottish, 0.6% Irish, 0.5% Northern Irish. It, it goes down from there, but it goes through India, China, South Africa, Hong Kong. I think they're on the live stream today, but, you know, a big shout out. 0.1% um, Bangladesh, 2.6% other. That's almost every nationality in our church you fit in in the other, don't you? You're massively overrepresented here. And, and I believe profoundly that the reason is that God is working forward from his promises to Abraham that he would do this to the vision in Revelation 21 that God is bringing his people into his family. And the wonder of God is that he's doing it here in white British Birkenheads. <laughs> 
There's glory to be found on the world. And, and God is drawing us all together by means of invitation. Look, you don't have to do it by stalking somebody in Sainsbury's. If you want to, I hear it works really well. Um, other supermarkets, wherever you want to go and find people and welcome them. But look, who are you welcoming? Who are you crossing the divides to reach and to say, you're welcome, there's a place for you? You know, you might look different to me. Your background might be different to me. I might not know a single thing about you. Like Philip, I'll listen before I speak. But here's the one thing I can say to you. You are welcome and invited. You're welcome and you're invited. You know, in all seriousness, over recent months as part of our church, I've been privileged to have a number of conversations from, you know, with, with folks, different kind of groups of folks who might feel like, this world is saying there's no place for you. Or society is saying there's no place for you. Or society is saying, oh, actually, you're worth a bit less than, than other people. You know, in some of the months last year, in response to um, the, the, the wicked murder of George Floyd in the States and many other instances of racial prejudice and immeasurable harms to people of other ethnicity, I had the privilege of via Zoom, um, sitting down with um, all the different people from different nationalities in our church. And so many of you, um, you came along to those Zoom meetings and I really appreciated it as an opportunity to lament together, but for me to listen and to hear about different experiences that I, I can't really understand. I, I don't know them intimately as other folks who are part of our church do. You know, we have this incredible strength in our church. I count it an immeasurable privilege to make room for one another, to invite one another. Just a few weeks ago, I had the privilege again via Zoom to, to sit down with a, just a cross-section of, of women from our church. And we were thinking and reflecting about God's view of womanhood, of his plans and promises through uh, the women of his church. You know, I, I didn't say it, but when I was doing my study, I found that we are made up of 59% women and 41% men. Come on, guys, pull your finger out. Who are you inviting? Come on, you know, the truth of the matter is, it's not just that we have more women, but the fact of the matter is, and I'm saying this very plainly, gentlemen, the women do more in our church as well. They pray more, and they serve more, and they invite more, and they welcome more. It's just the truth of the matter. If this sounds like a criticism of men, well, that's because it is. And, I, you know, I criticize myself amongst that number. Come on, they're just better at this than us in general. I don't mean to stereotype, but that's the case. Maybe they care more. That's tough, isn't it? Does that get anybody in the gut? I hope so. And I sat with these ladies, and we talked about you know, how we might affirm and enable women within our church. And this was before the tragic instances of Sarah Everard and of the, uh, the stories that are coming out of schools in our country. Schools of how women are demeaned and misused and abused. And, and so many, too many, turn a blind eye to these things. But I, I count myself incredibly privileged to be able to sit down with people as family and to say, I, I want to hear, I want to know. We as a church, we need to hear, we need to know. We need to know one another. 
to care for one another. We need to speak into our culture something better than our culture has. You see, this world, they're wrestling with these problems. And all the answers seem to be politics and protest. And look, protest can, can shout something loudly if it needs to be heard. And that fulfills a function. And, and politics can do its best. But the world needs better than politics and protest. This world needs its risen Savior. And you and I have been joined together, men and women, people from so many different nationalities, different backgrounds, even Scousers. And we have been joined together so that we might speak a better word into our world. This world needs a risen Savior. Come on, has anybody got their running shoes on yet? Are you going to run to the... (laughs) You know, are you going to run across those divides? Even if it seems like the people who perhaps aren't like you, they're in a chariot. And it looks like this might be a bit of a tricky one. How on earth can I possibly reach that person? And yet God enables and he finds a way. All he's looking for is people who are willing. Listen to the word of God. Listen. Humbly go. Ask the questions. Say, "I, I don't know. I don't understand. But I know that God loves you. How can we talk? How can we talk? Uh, there's so much more that I would want to say. The time perhaps doesn't allow. It's good that we've got six weeks considering this. Um, but just five things to take away before we celebrate and, and then go outside to celebrate some more. Five things to take away. Um, Philip. He's so in tune with the Spirit of God that he's wanting to reach out. He's willing to to say, look, there might be a crowd gathered in one place, but I'm willing to go from the comfy crowd to go and seek the one. I've said already, I'm delighted to see you here this morning, but this is one side of the coin. What's the other? Come on. Are you going to take an alpha invitation? They're at the door as you leave. Are you going to take ten? Three? Are you going to, don't post them just through doors. Take them and get, are you going to invite somebody and say, we've got the Alpha course starting on the 21st of April. I would love for you to come and let's have a conversation. Let's talk. Let's spend time with one another. It's going to be friendly. It's going to be simple. Um, don't, don't stress. It's going to be kind and warm and welcoming. Philip goes from the crowd and he goes to the one and then five things. He, gi- he gives the invitation gives the invitation, sorry, that that is our first thing. He gives the invitation, crosses the boundaries, gives the invitation, he runs and he's there to speak with this man who wants to know. And then giving an invitation is good, but come on, you know it's gonna take more than one moment or one word, don't you know that? And And do you read it in the story? He sits down with the Ethiopian eunuch There's probably an invitation there, isn't there? Maybe it was in the chariot, sitting down, or did they stop? Did they find some rocks? I don't know. They sat down together. Erin and I, we've been watching on and off the crown. Um, I don't know whether anyone's ever watched that. We're way behind. We're season one people. Um, But there was this one image where the, the queen is newly installed, and Churchill was the prime minister. And there's the queen receiving Churchill. And he's standing up, and the queen, she's got a cup of tea, um, you know, that's what British people do, isn't it? And she sits, she sat, and she says to the Prime Minister Church, he's an old man by now, and she says, would you take a seat? And he says, no, I can't. 
You may be seated, ma'am, or your highness, or whatever, but people stand in your presence. And it's farcical, isn't it? And there's deference there, and maybe that's a good thing, I don't know. But you don't really get to know someone unless you sit down with them. Unless you have a brew together. You know, it takes some time. I don't know, you can't really have a brew with someone at the moment, but you can walk in the park with someone, can't you? You can stand on someone's doorstep or in their back garden. You can have your own brews in flasks. And love one another. Sit down with somebody. Be in a transformed community as part of this church. It's not an add-on. It's the essential nature of the church of Jesus Christ. With people who aren't like you, but you're joined together because of God's grace. Give an invitation. Sit down together. Share Jesus. Share Jesus. Look, you're here today because of Jesus. He is the single most wondrous part of your life. He is your life. And he orders all the other elements of your life. Share Jesus. This is what it's all about. Philip explains Jesus. Isaiah 53, Jesus. You know, I was here the other night with Moxie and we were fixing cabling and moving staging pieces. And and then we were just in the corridor here and the glass doors are there. And three drunk men hammer on the door, didn't they? And, um, and, And one of them... It took about three seconds before he was in tears. Does anybody know that when someone's drunk, they're more sensitive to the Holy Spirit? I'm not recommending it, um, but it just, it happens a lot. And there he is, and he's weeping his little heart out. And he was a small man, but he was called Big Al. Pray for him. Would you do that? And, um, and we, what did we share? We shared Jesus. Just Jesus. I, I don't think I'm very much like Big Al probably glad <laughs> your pastor's not getting drunk on a Friday night <laughs> but we share Jesus that's it give an invitation sit down together share Jesus share your story don't make assumptions share your story ask the questions this is what I'm longing that we should do as a church look who have you spent time with this past year who's not like you or who isn't in your home maybe there's not been much But now you can. Come on, over these six weeks, I long that we as a church, every single one of us, we would find somebody who's in our transformed community or someone who's in our church and we'll sit down with them. The more different to you, the better. Stop hanging around with people who are just like you. Well, don't stop it, but add this on. Someone who perhaps doesn't sound like you or look like you or hasn't got the same background to you. We need to be truly knit together in the way that God has ordained and planned and purposed for us. Share your story. Don't make assumptions. Listen to one another's stories and you will grow spiritually. We invite. We sit down together. We share Jesus. We share our stories. We grow spiritually. That Ethiopian eunuch, he hears this story, and what does he say? Look, here's a puddle. Baptize me. (laughs) Or I don't know, maybe it was a stream or an oasis in the desert. I don't know, but he said, baptize me. What's to stop me being baptized? You know, I've been worshiping God, but now I know him through Jesus. Bring me into the fullness of new life. That's what he's saying. He's saying, let the dead be gone, and I want to be alive. And he grows spiritually. This is what happens when we invite. You grow. They grow. We all grow. We're growing together when God does this wonder work through us. Would you stand with me? In just a moment, 
after we've closed with our final song in here, we're going to go out. Let me tell you how to do it. <laughs> go out the usual way. You stop at the back to collect your alpha invitations. Head out that door, and if you come back in through the tower entrance, would you do that? And if you just come along this way, you'll see Pastor Nick, and he's got a penny on, and he's flipping burgers. And you thought he was over there. He's, he's gone. He's flipping burgers. He's only eaten 20. There's plenty more. Uh, you're going to go, you have a burger, grab your ketchup, and then just go into our church grounds, just along Wood Church Road. And, keep in, and there's going to be music. Moxie will get out there and, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. God bless you. Come on, lift your heart, lift your hands. Lift yourself to your Lord who has lifted high this day of days, this glorious good day. Jesus is alive. And he's welcomed us in. And we're saying, Jesus, we want to thank you today. God, you have welcomed us. You've invited us. And there's mystery for us because you invited us so that our old, sinful, broken, dead nature might also join you on the cross and be gone. You've invited us into that death. And, and it's been buried. You've invited us into the grave. And our old nature is dead and buried. We're not going to resurrect that. We leave it. It's dead. It's gone. It's finished. But here it is today, we know that you've invited us into your resurrection. Jesus, we are alive because you are alive. And Jesus, we are alive in the fullness of life because that flows from you, dear God. And Jesus, we say we are alive eternally, forevermore, because you are alive forevermore. God, you are glorious. And we thank you for this wondrous invitation that is ours. God, we pray that we would be people of invitation. We pray, God, get us our running shoes on. Whisper the words of instruction into our ears today. God, would you move us, prompt us to go, to listen to one another, to speak Jesus, to cross the divides, to say, God, what you have done here is good, but there's more, there's more. There's more. And so, Jesus Christ, Lord God, I, I want to commission these wonderful people here and online and all of our church family and in Oasis in Wallasey. As the Father sent the Son, so Jesus is sending you. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be his witnesses. And you will be his witnesses to the uttermost ends of the earth which might well be your next door neighbor. Send as we pray in the power of God. And all God's people say yes and amen. amen. Come on church, if you're up for this, would you join me? Say yes and amen. Amen. God bless you. We're going to worship and then we're going to go and eat and sing and God bless you. God keep you and make his face to shine on you. God be gracious to you. God lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen, amen and amen and amen. Once again, it's been such a delight to be able to share together as a church this morning. 
and uh, we know uh, that taking what God has been doing in our lives, we can go and have wonderful weeks with him. Just to um, invite you um, to journey together with one another as we go through the week. We as a church, we don't just gather, but we get going into what God has for us together. And we have these things called transform communities. We would love to help you to connect with other like-minded people who are exploring God's goodness and grace and seeing how they can be a part of his transforming work in the world. So again, hit us up, get in touch. We'd love to help you to connect anything that you need, any prayer requests, do let us know. And we'll love to see you again this time next week. God bless you and bye for now.